Welcome one and all to a new episode of my RPG podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about character themes. And we're going to be doing this with Aiden Chan, who's a fantastic composer, most notably known for his compositions for the Critical Role show on Twitch. Now, but before we jump into the podcast, I just want it to be known that uh, there's going to be a little bit of a buzz in the interview uh, that I have with Aiden. Uh, we did a sound test and nothing came up, but somehow a buzz kind of got in there while we were recording. Um, I still think it's a fantastic episode, and if you just bear through with me, I think you'll have a good time. Now, also before we jump in, I'd like to go to some of our kind of community content uh, on the Twitter. That's at classy underscore Don, D-O-N. I always pose a topic out there to the community, and I try to get as many of the responses in on the podcast as possible. So in this episode, I asked the people if they had any sort of theme songs for their characters. So I got uh, two responses here. The first one is from Reddit. The user's name is Pohatu underscore. He says, or she says, in my campaign, our characters don't really have theme songs per se, but if we do something really cool or the situation is relevant, the DM will usually play a meme song for that moment. For example, All Star was played during our first ogre fight. Another time, I was dead set on landing the final blow on a boss. The DM told me that if I, a wizard, could kill it with a melee strike, he'd play any song until it finished. The bard shouted out, Feels thick ink, and I went with that. Sure enough, I managed to kill that boss with a melee attack through some very clever party maneuvers, and we got to explore and loot the rest of the dungeon to a coup singing about extra thick. That's actually a fantastic story. Thank you, Pohatu underscore from Reddit. Now from Twitter, we have my good friend Jens Reineking at Mr. Grok and Roll. Jens says, that his character, Eris, is a monk with the soul of a bard. Performing is the deepest expression of his identity. The ability to kill people with his bare hands is just a side effect of his stage training, and a handy way to defend himself when traveling from town to town. And he says he would probably pick the song Sing by the Pentatonics. So if anyone out there is interested in having your stories and or sound clips be featured on the show, you can contact me on Twitter at at classy underscore Don, that's Don spelled D-O-N, or send an email to the myrpgpodcast at gmail.com address. Thank you very much, and let's begin this episode with Aiden Chan. Welcome one and all to a new episode of My RPG Podcast. Today's guest is Aiden Chen. Aiden, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Aiden Chen. Uh, I'm a composer, um, but also a huge, huge nerd. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much uh, pretty neat. 
That's fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to jump into your experience with RPGs in just a second, Aiden. But okay. before that, I kind of want to know your kind of background, who you are, what do you like, what type of hobbies or things you like to do? Um, okay. Um, I am based in Texas right now. Um, and uh, truth be told, I haven't been playing D&D or like actual D&D for uh, too long. Uh, my now wife... Um, actually introduced uh dnd to me like two years ago um during which time i got into critical role and, and, and whatnot um but yeah uh i don't know but ever since i got into like dnd uh i've been it's pretty much taken over my life like uh it's it's given me so much inspiration for my music and uh pretty much 99 percent of my music right now is fantasy some kind of rpg based uh and yeah uh, as for other hobbies um uh i guess uh video games do they count as other hobbies <laughs> or no, that, that's absolutely as... fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do they count as a uh, uh rpgs as well um uh yeah i don't um it's just because i'm so busy uh and and the fact that i'm trying to marry my my main hobby, you know, RPGs, D&D, tabletop, with my profession, um, I, I, I pretty much, uh, RPGs are pretty much my main hobby, if, if, if we can, if, if I can even call it that anymore, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like you mentioned, video games, I think, are a fantastic kind of gateway into just the general idea of an rpg we yeah. all obviously know about mmorpgs and jrpgs and all those types of video games so what were, what were your first kind of taste of rpgs in the video game sense um oh in the video game sense well definitely wow uh i was um i was kind of addicted in uh middle and high school um and then i kind of weaned off of it uh and uh throughout middle and high school i've i've played some form of DD anyway there was no dice rolling involved. It was really weird, like purely role playing kind of thing, uh, which sounds really nerdy coming out of my mouth right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as video game go, video games go, um, uh, pretty much WoW is my was kind of the gateway to the RPG realm. Um, and then as soon as Skyrim came out, that was that was another that was another one. Um, couldn't stop playing, and and yeah, yeah. So those two were. The, were the big ones so yeah you have this basis in video games and you kind of hinted on it a little bit earlier when you're talking about your wife getting into critical role but was that your first experience ever to a tabletop rbgs was the critical role um not exactly no um i used to paint uh warhammer 40k minis um but it was just purely from like a uh uh me a, a wannabe artist standpoint um yeah like like yeah back again this was back in my middle school high school days and when I was uh, just uh, trying my hand in so many different things, so yeah, that was my first like sort of tabletop experience was Warhammer Forty K, um, and 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 then yeah, uh, uh, there was a yeah there was a a, a big break between Forty K and D and D, but you know again thanks thanks to my wife for introducing. D and D to me, uh, you know. Now I, I, I play D and D like, like crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah, and while you were doing this, I'm assuming uh, you were also doing music as well on the side because, you know, you are a, a musician yourself and composer. Were you learning music just because of school requirements or personal, like, goal, or how did uh, that come to be? Uh, well, I uh, I started I started off playing violin, actually, and, you know, being your typical Asian, I started playing when I was, like, three. Uh, so it, it was always a, it was always a, a violin's always been a part of my life and, and music in general. Um, and, you know, by the time I got to like junior, senior year, um, of high school, I, uh, kind of, uh, I, I you know, you know, with, 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 uh, university applications and grades and whatnot, I kind of realized like music is like the, the thing, the only thing that I am truly passionate about like i can be good at other stuff but like music is really the only thing that i like um so yeah that's that's why i pursued music and even 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 going to music school uh going to university uh uh, uh i started off um I, actually i'm still in college um and uh i started off uh, as a violin uh, performance major uh still am trying to finish that um but uh you know because any kind of performance program is so intense uh i actually got a shoulder injury uh and i need uh, physical therapy for that so um it, it kind of it kind of set me back uh, both technically and just you know uh, in terms of my passion for performing and so i kind of got into composition and at first it was it was hard because i was like doing like pure music if you know what i mean like just trying to come up with stuff just because uh but you know as soon as i started doing um uh, uh you know fan music and critical role or just rpg music in general it, it, it really gave me an outlet to uh be a uh, what, what one of my friends who works in the industry calls uh, uh allowed me to become a genre creative that's fantastic. Uh, just a personal question here, because I'm a bit of a music buff myself. What were your favorite type of pieces to play? Because I know the part of the lexicon of violin, you're going to get your Italians, your Vivaldi's, and your Paganini's. But what was yes. your favorites? Um, well, uh, I was I was always drawn to uh, less like strictly classical pieces. Um, uh, so you know, uh, folk inspired classical pieces. You know, like uh, by uh, Dang, what's he called? Uh, uh, oh, like uh, Pablo Sarasate, you know, Scottish yeah. fantasy. Um, uh, what else? Uh, ooh, um, Percy Granger's Molly on the Shore, which I'm actually going to be performing um, in my senior recital. But, you know, that aside, uh, you know, like just, just less traditional classical pieces were like my go-to. Now transitioning over, so you got into the show Critical Role. What's the big leap between like, hey, this is a fun show and D&D &D seems like a cool thing to I want to compose for these characters in the show? Um, there wasn't really a transition. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, it's, it's just kind of how my brain works. I'll, I'll watch a show and my brain will immediately start piecing together notes and imagining what it would sound like to like what this character would sound like musically. Um, and I guess that stems from, um, you know, whenever I was younger and I would uh, 
listen to movie soundtracks. And I think I think the biggest influence would be you know Hans Zimmer's stuff on Pirates. Like that was my first. That was pretty much my first CD. Like physical CD was buying the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack and then hearing seeing you know Jack Sparrow's theme and then I'd be like oh okay so people can have themes and like so ever since uh, a young age I've been I've, I've just been instinctively imagining themes for, for for characters on shows I watch so you know it just came naturally when I started watching so it's kind of like a version of synthesia which for those who don't know is that some people have this thing to where when they hear sound they can process it as colors or shapes or things like that. Yeah, yeah. I actually know a couple of people who have synesthesia. Uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting uh, when you think about it. So right off the bat, you knew you wanted to create these themes and things like that. Oh, yeah. What what was the, probably the most exciting slash maybe most harrowing thing about that? Were you was worried about legality? Was it worried about getting it out there? Um, no. Uh, I mean, before I did. Before I started posting my compositions um, on YouTube, I did uh, I did uh, you know like violin covers of popular popular music, um, and you know so legality was never a thing with me. I, I knew the right words to say to kind of you know bypass that, and uh, and you know after watching a couple episodes, I knew like okay these guys are nice like even if they even if I did, you know, tread on some feet legally, like they'd probably just say, "Hey, can you not do that?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I, I won't do that." But you know, that hasn't happened, so yay. Um, as far as, uh, uh, hmm. I'm sorry, could you repeat this? The other part of your question. Sure, sure, sure. So I was asking for what was the most exciting or most harrowing. Like, mm. What were you afraid mm -hmm. of, and what were you excited to get into? Yes, yes. Yeah, the harrowing part. Um, the thing that was most harrowing was uh, just the sheer amount of characters <laughs> there were. Like there were, there were uh, at the time when I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do these scenes, uh, there were eight characters, uh, and then I was just I. Uh, by the time I finished like the first four, I was like, oh my god, I'm. Uh, there's so much work to be done still. Um, so so yeah, that was the most. The, the, the just the sheer volume was the harrowing part, but just. Um, the most, I guess the most exciting part, and it kind of just trumps everything with, is just, uh, how, how much I get to be in control creatively. Like I, it, it's just, it's so exciting. Every time I start a new theme or, uh, every time I get a new idea that just pops into my head, like it, 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 it gets me riled up, man. It's, it's super exciting. Like I'll be like, oh yeah, I can, this, this can go with this character's theme, this can go that other character theme this can be a location theme like yeah so so just the conceptualizing i guess is the most exciting part yeah and it seems like for you it's the the motifs and the themes that that comes i guess easiest and then you build around that is that safe to say yeah uh, yes yes i'm i'm very much a uh yeah so like you said a motif guy um uh i guess it's a little reactionary to the soundtracks um, we've been hearing lately, um, I, I would say in la within the last five to ten years, um, I mean, if you listen to like movie and video game soundtrack, they're getting progressively less themey. Um, I mean, uh, just think of uh, just think of uh, uh, let's say Dark Knight for like uh, the Bat uh, uh, Christopher Nolan Batman 
movie soundtracks, for mm-hmm. example, like other than those two notes. Yeah, you mean the French horns, the dun yeah, dun. The, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. other than those two notes, everything else you kind of you can you can put you can plug that into Daredevil and it'll work. So, um, uh, I guess, yeah. So, like uh, reiterating what I said before, uh, uh, my I, I guess my style, if you will, is very much reactionary to what's happening in um, uh, uh, soundtrack uh, at this point. Yeah, and what's interesting, you know, just for a little bit of history there, is the video games being able to evolve to have more orchestral or more, uh, more, you know, just symphonic sound comes from also just a technical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I know reading from a lot of like the old school, especially Nintendo SNES era themes that just because of the technical um, limitations due to what they could do, you could only have so many instruments or only so many sounds at one time, which is why yeah. someone, so, so many of those themes and melodies are, are very I'm, try, I'm trying to find the right word that, that I can comp- com- compare to somebody who doesn't understand theory, but they sound very uh, lively and they're out there and they're very busy and they're very yeah. strong single themes. Whereas yeah. if you were to listen to more modern music, you'll have a lot of counterpoints and maybe play off of different instruments and stuff yes, like you would yes, at a symphony. Yeah, it's much more subtle now. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, uh, I, I'm not uh let's say let's say uh i don't want to say 8-bit music but um old let's say older video game music is uh is it has its place and i agree it is a little too upbeat at times for my taste um at the same time i feel like um this current you know let's make everything subtle um movement quote unquote um starting to get a little old for me so like uh with with the Skyrim soundtrack, um, that has always been to me the pinnacle of video game soundtracks. Like it it, it took the the themey aspects of of um, you know older video games or or, or film soundtrack, um, but also uh, mixed it with more subtle ways to uh, incorporate them instead of just using the subtle elements or just using the theme elements. It was a, it was a nice marriage of the two. So uh, that's what I'm trying to get at with, with my music. Uh, so, yeah. And it's funny you should mention uh, liking Skyrim so much because as, as you mentioned this Pirates uh, Caribbean soundtrack earlier, yes. the, the, those those melodies for the Skyrim theme or just the Elder Scrolls kind of general theme and the yeah. Pirates theme have kind of the same shape. And uh, I know we're an audio podcast here, but everybody, I want you kind of to imagine imagine some hills and valleys for a second. If you listen to a lot of Hans Zimmer and John Williams, like you can do this with Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter as well, and especially at the I'm a Pirate theme from Pirates of the Caribbean. They kind of do this thing where you have your first hump, you you rescind, you have a second hump a little bit higher than the first, you rescind, and then you have this big gigantic leap up for this really epic point of the melody, and then it resolves off onto the fourth, which if you now think This is where I'll probably go in and do some audio where I'll play a little bit of the themes and you'll hear what I'm saying. So I'll pause right right now.
And if you hear that at the same time, kind of in the third iteration of each theme, it kind of jumps up there on the scale and also kind of jumps up there in impact and then resolves on the fourth. So I thought that was, that was interesting that you mentioned liking pirates so much. And then you mentioned, of course, Skyrim, because the two have that very similar yes, shape of a melody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well spotted, well spotted. <laughs> So we're creating these themes now for Critical, and yeah. you're, um, you have so many characters to look at. Mm-hmm. What was probably the easiest theme to come up with, and what was the one where you're like, hmm, that's going to take me some time? Um, ooh, that's, a, that's a toughie. Um, I would say the easiest theme to come up with, and, and this was just the theme, not the actual the entire piece itself but the easiest theme to come up with is scanlands which i haven't i i still haven't released yet it's not done but like i've had that theme um you know on my computer for for over a little over a year now um so that was the easiest to come up with just because um i don't know i don't have a favorite character but is i guess it's just because he's a He's the bard, and you know I'm a musician, and it was just easy to uh, uh, come up with uh, a sort of medieval esque uh, uh, tune, like like folk tune for him. And so yeah, uh, Scanlands was the easiest. Um, uh, I, but of all the uh, of all the ones that I have released, I would say. Uh, uh, I would say Pikes was um, ne- is next in, in line in terms of the easiest to come up with and the easiest to to um, flesh out. Um, just because uh, Pikes theme, I intentionally made a little bit more classical, um, and uh, yeah, like it, it was you know because because of, of my training, um, it, it was just easy to sort of go from. You know, theme A to theme B, you know, subject A to subject B, and uh, uh, do transitional material, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and as musicians, like uh, for for those of you who are musicians out there, you understand this if you've learned theory or went to school. And those who haven't, you know, we do have a little like template. We have kind of guidelines when you're learning music theory. You learn about you know, scales and modes and the circle of fifths and what resolves and what doesn't resolve and a dominant cadence, and subdominant cadence, and all these right, things right. to where like. Even if you didn't have an instrument on you, if I told you what key we're in, I could come up with a chord progression that flows. I could know which notes to land on to you know, transition or when I need to do a key change, I know what to do. So basically, Aiden right. was talking about how kind of going back to the, the literature and the uh, training you've had up until this point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly uh, what you said. Um, yeah, and that's why Pike's theme, apart from Scanlon's, uh, is, was the easiest to come up with. Um, yeah. Now, one of my favorite themes, I'm just going to put my two cents here. Hold on, hold on. Let me guess. Is it Percy's theme? How did you know? Because it's everyone's fucking favorite. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I have to admit it. That that Because it's the Sherlock-esque harpsichord yeah, and the violin. Yeah. And then you, you go into that sweeping... I imagine myself over the, the rooftops of, you know, Whitestone in Percy's case, or obviously in Sherlock's case, of right. London with the the kind of fog meets yeah, the, yeah. the clouds and the darkness. and Yeah. <laughs> like, you nailed that so well. That that theme is so well. That, yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with that theme. I, I both 
I, I love it because every y'all y'all love it so much. So thank you. Um, and I also loved it because uh, uh, I think it's the it, it, uh, it, it's the it's the one right after Pike that was the easiest to come to, to flesh out. Um, and uh, but I also hate it because because everyone loves it. Uh, so much, so much more than in all my other ones. Oh and yeah, I see. What you I also mean. hate hate it because because um, I had to uh, and and uh, I don't know how I don't know how pertinent this would be, but I also I also kind of hated uh, recording it because of my shoulder injury. I had to I had to play all the the solo violin parts because you can't get that kind of sound on. Through, through through MIDI. Yeah, via VST, no VST mimics the attack you get from an actual violin actual, or anything like that. Violin, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, t- I t- recorded myself, and uh, you know, I hurt myself a little bit uh, recording it. So you're, you're welcome, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have a, a love hate relationship with that with that with that theme. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes me appreciate the theme a little bit more to know that you 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 pained over this this violin. Yeah, I busted my ass over it. <laughs> Well, well, one of the things I was going to mention, I, I think also is really, really fun about your themes is you have this ability and maybe because you're also a fan as well to add in the subtle nuances like with Grog's theme, kind of adding the, the chanting there, which I, I think you said also hurt your throat a little bit. Was that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grog's theme is not one of those that is not done yet. And I sort of hit a bump with um, just because I have so many ideas flooding in from the new campaign and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, Grog's theme, I was doing a, a haka chant. Um, so that's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, a New Zealand Maori uh, traditional chant. Not necessarily a war chant. Uh, it's just their, their, their way of expressing, musically expressing um, themselves. And I thought, you know, um, Goliaths are, are, are a little tribal and they're, uh, he's a barbarian too. So I, so I, did, I chose a haka. And um, uh, in D and D, at least, uh, giants tend to be tend to steer towards like um, Norse Jotun uh, culture. So I wrote a haka in Icelandic, broken Icelandic, I think, because uh, I used I used Google Translate and only had it proofread by like two two. Uh, oh, one of them was Swedish, one of them was Icelandic, but I had it proofread. But you know, still the grammar. The, the the grammar of those languages are very hard. So, uh, but yeah, and I recorded myself uh, over and over to sort of build that, um, uh, if you would visualize um, an army of Goliaths behind Grog. That that was what I was going for. The army, the the visual that went with that's supposed to go with that theme when it gets done uh, is supposed to be Grog leading an army of. And they would chant the the haka um, for him, and so yeah, I heard my voice. I, I coughed up a, a teeny little bit of, of irony tasting spit um, after recording the haka. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think I need to go back and record even more uh, voices just to get that thickness. <laughs> I was gonna say, please don't hurt yourself. I, I'll, I'll reference you to some guys who I played heavy metal with, local, who can help you out on that. So maybe you don't. Uh... Which is funny because I, I, I used to in in high school. I used to be in a metal band, and I was the vocalist. And... Oh, dude, we gotta talk metal now. I didn't know about this because <laughs> yes, I too do. was in high school in a metal band, 
Nice. And I also released um, yeah. instru- instrumental uh, two instrumental albums. So. Oh, nice. So you want to talk about themes and a person who, who likes likes all that stuff. So where did this heavy metal thing come from? It's got to have a name. What was the name? Um, okay, so we were uh, we were Voltura at first, um, and the founding members wanted us to pretty much be a uh, you know Avenged Sevenfold ripoff. Uh, okay. Which, All right. Which, 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 in my opinion, doesn't really constitute as metal, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, the two founding members left because they had to, you know, because we were in school and they decided to go to school in France. So we changed, we got, we got, we pretty much reformed the band and changed our name to Leftist Magna. And, and then we started doing much more new metal. Um, not too like the metal we played wasn't too heavy um so like the heaviest we got was probably and this was just because it was fun but the heaviest we got was probably gateways by demu borgir oh man that's a fantastic track though Uh, i like that song but yeah yeah so because of the the my brief stint with metal um i kind of knew the technique to use um to, to get growls and screams in um, but you know just because I was out of practice and um, it's 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 stressful on the voice yeah uh, even it, with the diaphragm the, if you yeah if you do the, it from the diaphragm it the, still hurts the session the session just eventually became you know my my, my technique just just declined throughout the, the that recording session for, for growling theme so so yeah <laughs> that's why I hurt myself yeah. So when this grog theme drops, everyone, you better appreciate the hell out of this man because of what he's putting himself through. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my 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 goal since Percy's theme has been to top Percy's theme. So <laughs> so everything post Percy's theme, I have poured my heart and soul into to try to get the numbers past Percy's theme. <laughs> I think that's a worthy challenge, but. I, I'll be really impressed to hear this one. It finally does uh, come out. Oh yeah, I'm, it'll it'll get done. But right now, I'm I'm just working on uh, the group theme for the new campaign, uh, which is super fun. Um, wasn't 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 too easy to come up with, but it's. Uh, I, I think once it's done, it would be it would become my favorite. So we've talked a lot about you making these themes. When in all this did you ever try D and D or RPGs yourself? Um, okay, so uh, I, I, I don't. I think I don't think we've established my my history uh, earlier earlier in the interview. Um, but it was I actually started. Um, I played D and D for like a month before I started watching Critical Role, and by play I mean. Um, my wife um, threw me in the deep end and said, "All right, you're DMing," and that was my first ever D and D experience. Wow! Oh man, I'm sorry. That sound I made was was, was like fear—the sound of fear. Yeah, it was. It was scary, and I started watching Matt Mercer, uh, uh, in his other in his Nerdist um uh, show. What was it called? Uh, Force, Force Gray, Gray. Yeah. Force Gray, yeah. I started watching that to get DM tips, like just to see like how how someone DMs, right? Um, excuse me. 
yeah, I was just trying to see how someone DMs and uh, yeah. Uh, and then I started watching Critical Role um, and I got an even better idea of how to DM. So I would say I technically started playing D&D before I, a month or so before I started watching Critical Role, but really, I really got a D&D, I would say, maybe two, three episodes into uh, watching Critical Role. So you started as a DM, but what was your first character that you ever got to play as a PC? Or did you ever get to play as a PC? Um, no, I did not. So you've been DMing this whole time. I've been DMing this whole time. I mean, I've, I've played uh, one or two one-shots uh, every now and then, but I pretty much use my NPCs that I that I that I create like I, I like creating NPCs as 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 PC characters just because you know it's they're more fleshed out that way uh, and you know I have a terrible habit of role playing like like crazy so so yeah um, but I guess technically my first PC character would be he he's a bard just because <laughs> I mean you have to do it you have to do it as a musician bards are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was a bard. I was, uh, uh, he's called, um, he was called Targard in Arithgur. Um, he was a uh, tiefling. Um, I forget what his, I haven't played him in so long. I forget what his uh, alignment was and I forget what his background was. But he was pretty much the, he was pretty much Gilmore from Critical Role, except he had a loot with him the entire time instead of running a you know magical menagerie shop mm-hmm. yeah so that was my first technically my first piece <laughs> yeah you know tieflings and bards and, and and instruments like to go together hand in hand i had the pleasure of having one of my players play a tiefling bard by the name of memphis last name toffelees nice. memphis toffelees nice. is his full name nice, nice. and of course it was one of those things where it's like the double bluff of like is he really going to play a, a fiddle because he was a violinist is he really going to play a fiddle player tiefling mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. The, you you know the, the the whole like signing a deal with the devil thing is like no 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 it's not that but is it that but it's not yeah, that right. but it yeah. was that it was that yeah. we were doing the double bluff <laughs> we were doing nice. the double bluff he was secretly evil the entire time but yeah so gotcha. so yeah i think it's funny how how uh, we have we, we have a tendency to associate Devils and violins and uh, tiefling right. violinists or musicians comes together perfectly. Right. right. Yeah. No. My. I. I. I tried to play my bard as, like, uh, uh, <laughs> we like to call. Well, I like to call my bard a uh, very bard sexual, and so <laughs> I. I like to play that aspect of, of my bard, but I tried to steer away from like your stereotypical like, um, uh, uh, I guess, bard abilities like. Uh, I guess we would call him. So um, he always started off like with. Um, I tried to marry like Scanlan's like uh, comedy based bard with uh, a more like tribal, uh, 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 you know, wardrum, um, wardrum hitting kind of bard. Uh, and eventually, uh, uh, Targer evolved into uh, almost like a black bolt type situation where uh you know he would uh try to use whispering as a means of channeling his 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 power and, and whatnot 
and you know just just really trying to push the envelope in terms of what a bard can do. So I got to ask. I mean, being a musician and somebody who composes themes now in the fantasy and RPG genre, do you yeah. have music involved in your game? What do you like to play? Um, okay, so uh, when I DM, I pretty much pull from every single soundtrack, film, or video game uh, that I like. Uh, most recently, I've been heavily using Witcher and Skyrim, um, which I, I believe is pretty much what Matt uses in Critical Role. Uh, uh, and uh, I do I I do have a couple of of uh, pieces that uh, I've composed that I'm kind of tweaking still, um, but I I do plan to use uh, you know transition over to using my music mostly if not exclusively that's awesome and you know i'm very much the same way um for me it was a lot of uh harry potter chamber of secrets uh video nice. game. it was uh, nice. composed by journey shoals who you guys will know if you look up his credits he's done a lot of other great games and i love that growing up as a kid so i try to incorporate as many of those themes into the things i do especially because i have a magic school and i just ran we just started a magic school campaign so i was like oh i'm going to harry potter the shit out of this and <laughs> so, so, so i got to do a lot of great themes there um, yeah. I, I do, Aiden, I do some of your themes as well. I have um, Vax and uh, Percy's in my world. That one of, one of nice. Percy's in particular is the theme for a certain part of my world, <laughs> which fits in the aesthetic of, uh, you know, the, kind of the uh, London grimy type. Yeah, I guess everyone kind of has, uh, uh, has, a, has, a, has a gothic sort of setting in, within their, in their games and I guess that's and everyone why. has a desert setting and then everybody yeah. has their Nordic mountain tribes. Yep. And like, yep. yeah, it's it's kind of the funny thing that we all share because of all the culture and the media and the mythologies that we were all brought up on. We all kind yeah. of, regardless of what our individual world, worlds are established to be, everybody has your, you know, your bazaar and your sand dune area and yep. everybody has your yep. aqua Atlantean people like it's all there. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like even yeah, that that, that hits that. Yep, <laughs> that's a perfect, perfect like uh, observation right there. Yeah, I have nothing to add. <laughs> no, 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 and like I mean, I could just vamp on that if I wanted to because like for me it was so much fun to because I'm so heavily about the music. Like I even asked the characters every character to have a theme song, so I could be like you know when oh, I nice. when I do the how you want to do this, I want to blast your theme and let you have that moment of glory. Or like when you're doing something important to your character, or doing something really awesome, I want you to nice. feel that excitement. And also like I. Uh, I, I guess I'm a little bit obsessive in that regard. I wanted to make sure that I could kind of psychologically pull the strings on my characters if I wanted them to feel a certain way. So when I'm in a certain city, that's that city's theme. You're like, oh, man, we're here in Adina. Or, oh, man, here we are in Vin Wintervale. As opposed to, oh, no, we're now in the Shadowfell and we're here in Gloomrot. Like, I know that theme. I hate that theme. Or, nice. uh, or like, you know, it's that's, a... That's, yeah, go, yeah that's, that's, that's really, like, advanced... Uh, uh, I, I call it soundboarding. But yeah, that's that's really advanced DMing there. Uh, well, I do it uh, to compensate for my other f f faults. All right, I'm not that okay. great at accents, so I'm like, if I can't do really cool shit uh, otherwise, I'm gonna make up for it by right, having right. a really extensive like musical. Like when you're sneaking, this is the theme. When you're doing this, right, this is the right. Theme. I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, the way you're describing it, it's it's almost it's almost like your players are playing a video game. Like you know, when you play like say WoW or Skyrim or something, right? Uh, you 
you go into a certain area and you hear the theme, you're like, oh, I know this area. Like, uh, or, uh, you know, or, or, oh, I hate this area. Or, oh, this this particular enemy is coming. Like, yeah, so that's it, it, that's really good stuff, man. I might, might steal that out. Oh, please, <laughs> please, please do. And uh, what I try to do also sometimes is, and this is something all I think DMs do. There's a lot of in jokes and Easter eggs your par- your characters will never get, but to you it makes you smile or like feel right. really, really great. So like if they go right. into a bar and there's a violin that plays itself and it's run by a tiefling, uh-huh. the 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 tune or the theme I'm p- picking is Devil's Trill. Or you know if they're if they're meeting a oh nice right right so <laughs> like or, or or if they're meeting you know let's let's say uh, a kind of my Nordic inspired things like that I might go back through you know all of my music and be like all right well what games had Nordic themes in it like Skyrim or things like that and let me right. pepper this in now I always go into my my sound uh, software and I change it just a little bit so it's not like on the nose so like they went right. into the Shadowfell and they went into like a vampire run um, music hall which was eighties mm-hmm. uh, not eighties nineties uh, Euro trash stuff so basically i just took a i, t- I just took a, a like a trance theme that's the the main vocal in the entire song is uh, i'll give you pleasure i just reversed right. that i added some reverb and i did some weird stuff bumped up the bass and like so now it's still a oomts, 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 and there's this weird ah, 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 like that thing in the background oh, which dang yeah that's that, that, that's that's very that's uh yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> Take it away. Like part of being a DM and part of being a musician is, you know, great artists uh, borrow, good artists steal. And same thing can be said about DMs. Guys, if you if you hear anything, anything I say that's worth a damn or anything my guests say, I will. I, I'm, I'm speaking for you, Aiden, but I'm pretty sure you <laughs> want to help as many people as possible. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. So that's dope. All right. So we mentioned the current themes and I know you're at work with that and we can't wait for them all to get done when you can. Yeah. But you, the new show's out, man. What are you loving about the new show so far? By the way, as of the time of recording, everyone, we're three episodes in. So uh, this might be a little bit of a spoilers for up to episode three. But what do you like so far about the new campaign? Um, I guess this is a little meta, but just how, you know, because if the cast has played certain characters for uh you know x amount of time and it's my favorite part is just seeing you know their preconceived roles switched with each other you know how um ashley's uh playing yasha who is a barbarian and uh uh, uh grog uh, his real name is travis travis is playing um fjord who is a you know a texan warlock like the the two dynamics are just completely different. And, you know, to me, that is the, uh, not just creatively, but, you know, just as a, as a fan, that is, that is, you know, some of the most interesting things about the new, the new campaign to me right now. Yeah. And I'm really excited when, uh, if you play a campaign long enough and you play with a group of people for long enough, you kind of get an idea of what they're like when they're playing a certain type of character. So then when you start from scratch all over again, there's this fun excitement about like, oh my God, I have no idea what you're going to bring to the table. And I don't know what the dynamic of the group's going to be. So even as a DM, there's this excitement about like, man, this is going to be messy and awkward and a bit bumpy for the first few sessions. But I'm really excited to see what we end up doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, um, uh, yeah, with, even with the new theme that I'm, I'm doing for the group right now, it's, uh, I would say it's the, the, the switch, uh, the, all the switches of, of, uh, 
terms of the characters and you know just the I would call I would call it the atmosphere of you know the gameplay in general. Um, it's really it's really grounded by by uh, compositions as of late uh, in terms of it's it's bringing us back bringing me back down to you know my roots my fascination with folkier uh, music and um, and yeah. And we really have a gift because of uh, each of our own individual experiences we can kind of bring to the table and we can also bring to the way we write music. Me being Eastern European, I have a fascination obviously with that uh, weird mix of the Eastern Arabic influences and then the Western right. Slavic polka things. So when I play right. guitar or I do anything, I love to hear that. So when you mentioned the Witcher series, I fell in love with the Witcher series and that music yeah. because of that rings true to me the same way yeah. uh, this kind of new campaign, according to Matt, is set in a Eastern European meets Germanic area. So your folk background lends perfectly to that with your kind of folk. Exactly, yeah. And like Witcher, I use a shit ton of bagpipes. Uh <laughs> Um, as a lot of, uh, and I guess these are spoilers for the themes, but who cares? Uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, balalaika and lute and, you know, just non, non-traditional, uh, you know, non-typically Western quote unquote, um, sounding elements in, in these next, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the like tuba throat singing though. I, I I have a place in my world where I have tuba throat singing and it sh- uh-huh. shocked the shit out of my campaign. And I really uh-huh. want to see somebody like do a D and D stream and all of a sudden you're in like a very kind of you know Mongolian style influence right. and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, oh, that's actually oh, in Grog's theme. Oh. That's actually Grog's theme. I actually put put a little bit of that tuba uh, throat singing. Um, some of it is sampled, but some of it is just me trying to beef up the sample. <laughs> <laughs> so. So when it's released, you'll you'll, you'll get your tune without singing things. Uh, it sounds like I'm gonna love Grog's theme because he's got the heavy metal meets the haka meets the tuba stuff. Like it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, speaking of heavy metal, there are some guitar in Grog's theme, which is a little different to all the other themes that I've done. Um, and the guitar is just inspired by uh, you know History Channel's Vikings. You know, it's it's not purely classical or or, or folk. There's some modern electronic uh, slash rock elements in, in the soundtrack, and so you know I, I, I try to pull those elements and put it in a grog theme as well. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing amalgamation of like folk metal meets all these other aspects. I can't wait for yeah. this theme. Folk, orchestral, Eastern European, Scandinavian metal, yeah, <laughs> music. <laughs> That's brilliant, man. You do a lot of fun things. Why don't you promote your streams a little bit? Because I know you do a lot of streaming as well. Um. Uh, I don't do so much uh, lately just because I'm so busy, but um, I do plan to resume them. And uh, my mainstream uh, streams right now is um, Critical Tunes, which is where, you know, when I have time, I will stream myself uh, composing Critical Role Music. Um, and during the, during the stream, I kind of, you know, it's a kind of... Uh, filler mechanism but i just talk about you know the mechanics of the software that i use which is logic pro x uh, for any any of y'all who are interested um you know and i talk about the, the music stuff a little bit theory and i try to you know just relate all that to to the show um so yeah that's critical tunes um i 
uh, as, as I was streaming Critical Tunes, I did um, get an idea to to stream myself composing other other music as well. So I guess stay tuned for that. Uh, I probably announce it on Twitter or whatever. Um, my other stream that I'm kind of working on right now is uh, it's my D, my own D and D group, um, and it's called Roll Roll Check Die. Um, pun intended and uh it's just a bunch of uh stage actors and writers and uh a composer playing D. so yeah those are my streams yeah that's brilliant and if anybody needs to contact you what's the best way to get to you um you can uh, direct message me on twitter uh my handle is at aiden chan that's spelled a-i-d-e-n-c-h-a-n um for those of you who don't have twitter uh you can always uh email me at AidenChanPR at gmail.com. Um, so Aiden Chan, Chan spelled the same way as my Twitter handle. Uh, and I should get back to you, or I'll try to get back to you as possible. Uh, but Twitter is uh, what I check most and reply to most readily, just because you know I have it on my phone and I can just type a reply. But yeah. And you can find me at Twitter at classy underscore don you can find this podcast at myrpgpodcast.podbean.com and other places where podcasts can be found thank you very much for listening and i will see you at the table